This call is now being recorded. Hi, everybody. This is Coach Bills here with Coach Future Star to talk about the Wake Group, uh, a group headlined by a number one seed that you know well, Coach, St. Paul uh, from your conference, the top seed in this group, uh, although it's interesting, as we'll talk further down. We also have the defending NTT champ in this group, uh, not the top seed based on the way the power rankings uh, were at the time the seeding was done. So kind of a star-studded group here, also with our host as well, uh, Coach V in Nashville. So uh, let's dive right in. Can you tell us what you know about St. Paul, both generally and uh, for, for this season, Coach? Yeah, yeah. St. Paul, I mean, that's Coach Blue. Um, he's a very good coach. Um, he always gets the most out of his teams. Um, they're always very competitive in our conference, which has maybe slacked off a little bit in recent seasons, but historically he's been a pretty tough conference. And um, he's a, you know, he's a coach that always is able to, to get the most out of his players. Like I said, they've made the NTT six seasons in a row, and I don't see any reason for that to change. Um, they replaced the 135-45 class last year uh, with the 97-37 class this year. Um, so kind of similar, I think, in terms of maybe one uh, NA player and two usable players, including one potential star in each class. Um, last year they lost. I, uh, they graduated Daniel Lake, who was their starting center for four seasons. And the namesake like, of our group here, the Lake, the Lake yeah, group named after him. Uh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. And then they pick up two guys who could potentially fill his spot. I mean, they could be two four-year starters here, or I don't know how he's going to do it. Maybe one of them's going to come off the bench. But between Ethan Alexander and Antoine Hernandez, he has two very good options to replace him. Um, I don't know what he's going to do. Ethan Alexander is a little bit taller. He's a seven-footer um, that looks like he plays good defense, um, probably not the same offensive profile as Antoine Hernandez, who looks like more of a scorer, but both very good-looking young players that are going to hopefully be able to step right in for him. Sure. It certainly is uh, one of the best programs in League 31. And I'm curious, given that we've got you here, you know, we Blue talks a lot on the message boards about how much he scouts and coaches and makes changes before games. Uh, do you sort of feel that as his conference mate? Is it a challenge to play against him because you never know exactly what you're going to get? I mean, you know, candidly, most teams – kind of keep the same lineup, maybe make a few little tweaks here and there, but you sort of can predict what you're going to see when you play them. Do you find it more difficult to play against them, and which should the teams in this group be, be ready for that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's a guy that, that uh, changes his schemes depending on who his opponent is. Um, you could see in the uh, – you can't really tell much. Obviously, you can't see the all the settings, but you can see the tempo, the defense, the three-point shooting. You can see that he changes it a lot depending on who his opponent is. So – um, yeah, it's a little bit difficult, and he's pretty smart about, about, about what he plays against each team. Um, as for me, um, yeah, I, I'm one of those people that tends to kind of go the same as long as everything's going well. But, um, like, in, in case of maybe if we play them during the regular season and maybe we don't play very well or certain guys have tough games, I might change things around if we play them again in the, uh, in the conference tournament and maybe try to catch him off guard because maybe I might be able to predict what he's going to do as far as his changes and maybe try to do something to counteract it. And, yeah, you guys have had a lot of success in those conference tournaments, so other teams in this group should should take note. Uh, and as you say, there are changes to the tempo and defense and things like that, but it's also it affects the minutes, too. I mean, I think I, just based on looking at the minutes for the team last year, I don't know. I haven't looked at the individual game-to-game lineup data, but – Lake, the senior that we talked about, is the only one who played over 30 minutes a game. 
uh, and then there's a guy at 27 and down 25, 23. So, you know, people are shuffling in and out. So it'll be interesting to see how these freshmen fill that spot that Lake occupies, sort of the rock in the middle there. Uh, yeah. So let's, let's move on to – oh, sorry. I don't mean, don't mean to cut you off, Coach. Um, no, no, but, no. Uh, yeah, I was just to say, say he has, like, some – yeah, he has some depth at the, at the guard spots and maybe no, no real stars, so he makes sure that everybody gets kind of level playing time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, uh, next up is Fremont. As I mentioned at the Open, uh, the defending NTT champ. So congrats again to Coach Shake and Blake. Great season from them last season. Uh, and, you know, we talk about coaching changes. Uh, I think it got uh, a, a little press on the message board that he made some big changes prior to that title game against Bakersfield. So another coach that is not afraid to shake things up uh, to, to great success. Uh, this Fremont team, you know, led by Joseph Amburn, was the National Player of the Year last season. He comes back. He's just a junior, so Conference 27 and probably the whole league is going to have to deal with him for these two more seasons. Uh, he's, you know, he was part of the big lineup change that I mentioned. He moved to shooting guard in the NTT title game uh, to very good success. And then they brought in some high-scoring freshmen as well, a couple of guards in McDougal and Woods. Uh, McDougal, 21.3 points a game, Woods, 20.6, and they graduated their starting backcourt, so it makes sense that those guys came in. A um, little bit of a height change. I mean, Vrabel and Freeman were the starting point guard and shooting guard last year. They were 6-7 each. Uh, I know as a team that, that lost to them in the NTT, that was challenging to match up against. So, you know, they don't have that anymore. Um, and the class ranking is okay, uh, 63 Sim Hoops, 81 Hardwood for those guys. But they, the outgoing seniors uh, – were not all that well-ranked either. Um, yeah, I think they were 80, 89, 99. Uh, so, again, they were, they were very successful, good players, but, you know, the class rankings don't always tell the whole story. So, uh, with that, Andre, about our defending champs, uh, any thoughts on Fremont, Coach? Uh, no, just kind of the same that you said. Last year they were running kind of a super jumbo-sized lineup. That everybody in their starting lineup was six, seven or taller, and so that definitely gave them an advantage. You can see that in the uh, rebounding numbers. They were uh, out-rebounding teams by, you know, by eight rebounds per game, and that was not due to a weak strength of schedule. They had the number three strength of schedule, and they're still dominating teams on the board. So it's going to be a little bit of a different situation this year um, with, I'm guessing, two of those, guys uh, that, that they signed maybe going into the starting lineup because I don't see anybody um, that played off the bench for them uh, being maybe quite good enough to, to crack the starting lineup, uh, at least the one that has NTT champ- championship uh, aspirations. So um, it's definitely going to be different, but they're still going to be a very good team. They have a ton of scoring in their starting five, and uh, they look like they ride them hard uh, compared to St. Paul, like you mentioned, who kind of spreads the minutes around. They really – make sure they lean on their starters with all of them last year playing 31 minutes or more. Right. Yeah, and I think it'll be interesting. To me, the biggest advantage this team has uh, is the guys who were freshmen last year were a consensus top 10 class and played well, but sort of took a backseat to Amber in number one, but also Freeman, who was the second leading scorer and now has graduated. I wonder if those two guys, Thomas and Robert, are going to be sort of like, you know, I don't know. They're, they're not freshmen because they were already there, but there will be, I'm guessing they're going to step up and take more of the load. Thomas was a, was a big time recruit. Uh, you know, he can score, I think, a bit more than he was asked to do last year. And Roberts can do it all in the middle. Um, so they, they should be tough yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. And my only question there would be, uh, Vrabel last year was a, a really good distributor, averaging almost nine assists per game. And I don't know that, uh, 
either McDougal or Woods have that kind of ability. They're more of a shoot-first type of point guard mentality. Actually, Romo, the third player in that class, looks like probably the best passer in the group. So, um, yeah, we'll just have to see if they can maintain that that, that, that elite offense uh, without someone, you know, without such a great passing point guard as they had last year. Yeah, I think Rabel was kind of the secret MVP for them in the NTT. I mean, maybe not literally. Amburn is always sort of the MVP when you have a guy like that on the team, but uh, Rabel came up big in a few of those games. I think he had a 17-assist game and an 18-assist game, something like that. So Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and a lot of steals, yeah. too. So, um, yeah, between and the new players, it looks like McDougal is not nearly the defender that uh, Rabel was. Woods looks like he could be, so maybe Woods might be the way to go at point guard there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, they mean, as you said, they may need two of those guys to start. So who knows? Right. Maybe Romo at point guard was the shooting guard, but who the heck knows? I'm sure Coach Blake will figure it out. He's shown his success before. Uh, so, uh, let's take a look at the, the three seed in this group. Our host, Nashville, led by Coach V. Uh, I am pretty familiar with the seniors they graduated as I tried to recruit both of them. Uh, he knows. <laughs> uh, I, I lost the 1-1 on Trevor Watkins, who was their leading scorer last year. Uh, and then further down the line up, this guy, Luke Bennett, who was sort of point guard, backup point guard. If you take a look at his per 30 numbers, you can see he, he was a pretty good player. Uh, just didn't really get the chance to play that much because Watkins was in front of him. Uh, so although last year's success was not what, you know, coaches looking for necessarily, being the PTT, obviously, out of a tough conference, uh, those guys were very important for them. So it'll be interesting now to see how the freshmen fill in. Um, and those guys are ranked pretty well, 29 Tim Hoops. 49 hardwood, um, but coach, how, how do you see this freshman group sort of gelling with the rest of this Nashville team? Yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a different situation uh, for Coach V because he loses two uh, really good scores um, along with his what looks like his most often um, small uh, starting small forward and Christopher Spry. So um, <clears throat> the one thing that I think he's probably worried about this year is getting enough uh, consistent offense to compete, especially, like you said, in a tough conference. Um, I'm guessing he's going to put Frazier at point guard because he looks like, you know, a really good uh, pass first point, uh, point guard. So he's just going to have to get enough scoring from, from the other, from the other guys on the roster. And uh, he's going to have to just do enough on the offensive end to win and then try and hold teams down defensively. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I mean, I do think Fraser can be a really, really good point guard, uh, in that sort of distributor role. And, you know, we all know having guys who can pass can improve the offense almost as much as having guys who can shoot, you know, um, because they just make the other shooters around them better. So, and, you know, just like Brable and Fremont, as we discussed. So it'll be, it certainly will be a different look for, for Nashville. They were running the scoring point guard for the most part with Watkins or sometimes Bennett getting that start. So, you know, we'll see how they do with Fraser in there. Um, but I, I think it's probably going to be tough for them all season long because they've got the tough conference and the first two teams that we just discussed, you know, St. Paul, a perennial contender, and Fremont, the defending champs. Uh, you know, I don't think it's any, any secret or insult to say this Nashville team might be a step behind them for now. Uh, but obviously a good coach and good roster, and we'll see what they can do, right? Yeah, yeah, and also I want to mention the new freshman, Dylan Richardson, who actually is pretty, you know, Frazier might be the most critical player that they that they signed, but Richardson might be the best player that they signed, and so he's going to find a role somewhere. He's a guy who's, I think, I recruited um, to some degree, and he's a very well-rounded big man. Um, he may not be a dynamic scorer, but he kind of he's one of those guys that does everything well, so I think he's going to play a key role for them this season. 
Yeah, you're right. And I wonder if maybe we're being too pessimistic, or I am, I should speak for myself, because I know Coach Coach B was, was sort of frustrated with the roster that he had last year. You know, those guys, Watkins and Bennett, uh, took some shots and scored some points, but were very inconsistent. So, you know, there's such a thing as addition by subtraction. And, you know, no matter how talented they may or may not have been, just having some fresh blood, changing things around. I know I've been there where I feel like a guy is too good, I've got to play him, but then he's not really good enough for us to get where we want to be. So, I don't know, it's, it's almost simpler not to have him. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see how it works for Nashville. Uh, okay, let's talk about the four seed, Des Moines. Uh, Des Moines last year in PTT finished 51st, 15-9 overall. Graduated a senior class that was not ranked all that highly, 157, Sim Hoops, 179, Hardwood. Brought in the 206-167 freshman class. So sort of a flip there in terms of which magazine ranks them more highly. This apparently is a bit of a hardwood class, if you can call it that, with the 167 ranking. Um, looks to me like, you know, somebody like McCrone, maybe, or or Isaac, I don't know, might be the, the player that the hardwood magazine is taking a look at. Uh, both those guys have pretty good true shooting percentages and scored reasonably well. Um, so, you know, they may push this team up a bit higher than it had been, but, um, you know, it looks like the key to the team will be that 12-6. I, I always tend to read the hardwood class first. I don't know. I'm uh, old-fashioned that way. Uh, the sophomore class now. Um, those guys, freshmen last year, all started point guard, shooting guard, small forward, uh, and, uh, you know, led this team to the PTT, and, and we'll try to push them even further this year. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, they returned their entire starting lineup, although if, uh, if it were me, I'd probably look to make some changes because, like I said, they they kind of struggled last season. They finished towards the bottom in the PTT. They've uh, been a good team in the past, but have been kind of a PTT, RTT, RTT team the last uh, five or six seasons, it looks like. Um, last year, they definitely scored enough t- uh, to win. They had uh, four guys that were scoring in double digits in the starting lineup, but they struggle on defense. Um, they, you know, they allowed 53.3% true shooting against. Um, the rebounding was about even. They did not get very many blocks, so they have they may might be lacking a little bit of defense down low. So um, maybe a guy like Coll- uh, Collier McCrone could maybe go into the starting lineup. He looks like he, you know, maybe a little bit of a rim protector there might help them in that area, um, but. Uh, in this group, yeah, you can see they're, they're the fourth seed and probably the probably the least talented team. That's not a knock on them, but it's a tough group, so um, they might be up against it. Yeah, it, and that may be true. I mean, you're right to suggest they need shot blocking. Last year, you know, just go to per-game stats. They didn't have anybody even block one shot per game. Uh, per 30, their center rush did get to one, but 1.0, so... You know, McCrone could help out quite a bit there. It doesn't look like he's an all-world defender. You know, 0.3 steals, 2.3 blocks, but just to have somebody as a presence inside uh, could help. And and again, those guards are going to be tough for teams to deal with, right? I mean, you know, having one really strong class can really prop up your team. Uh, and those guys all were able to start last year, so um, you know, it's not just a hollow class ranking. Um, oh. So, yeah, so let's see. We talked about all four teams. Uh, I know at this point often we talk sort of about, quote-unquote, players to watch, but, you know, we've already talked about all of the players. I mean, is there is there one player in particular in this group who you sort of envision being likely to be the player of the group, the group MVP? I guess there's sort of an obvious answer, isn't there? Um, yeah, there is. I mean, I'll let you take that. I was going to say uh, there was one player that I just wanted to mention that I didn't yeah, before sure. that we didn't talk about when uh, – when talking about St. Paul, I think a guy like uh, Gerald Gonzalez is going to be a key player for them. He kind of 
had a down year last year scoring, but I think he's capable of a lot more. And uh, I think he's a guy that, you know, if you kind of take the reins off of him, you let him shoot a little bit more. He's a good three-point shooter. He's uh, Last year they kind of kept him down like as, as far as his shot numbers. So I think if you turn him loose a little bit more, I think you could see some, some more gaudy numbers. So I think he's going to be a key player for them on the offensive end. Yeah, yeah. And it's fair to point out something we didn't say earlier. You know, they've got a four Sim Hoops, 14 Hardwood senior class now. So that's that's where you want that class to be. So right. this could be an even better season for St. Paul than last year. I mean, they were a five seed last year. As we said, they lost Lake, um, but, you know, they could be, and I, say, I mean five seed in the NTT, that is. Uh, they could be right back in that sort of position due to the, the strong coaching and the, and the talent they have. Um, but, yeah, as I, as I alluded to, Joseph Amburn would have to be sort of the obvious pick as the player of the group, given that he was the player of the whole country last year, uh, <laughs> went on to win the NTT. Yeah. So, yeah, that that definitely seems like that would be the quote-unquote right answer. But you never know. I mean, I've listened to these podcasts year after year, and people make very smart predictions, and then they don't always come true, right? So uh, we'll right. just follow, follow, follow there, following that great tradition. But uh, a strong group, four, four good teams. Any final thoughts on it, Coach, before we sign off? No, no. I mean, as far as picks to come out of the group, I mean, it's, it's possible that you could get two teams come out of this group that move on to the next round. I mean, I would pick Fremont on top just because they're the defending NTT champs. And like you said, you know, they have the best player um, out of all four teams. And so that that's usually the most important thing, especially in a league like League 31 where it's so hard to get star players. You know, it feels uh, the talent is so spread around again among, like, you know, 100 teams or 150 teams. So um, I would pick them. But I would definitely give St. Paul a chance to, to have a good record in this group because they have a little bit of a weaker schedule um, in the non-group games. So I think that they have a good chance to maybe go four and two or even five and one. Yeah, I mean, I guess if we're in the business of making predictions for fun, I'll take St. Paul. Why not? I mean, I think Fremont really did lose something with those two guards, uh, and it may be later in the season when they really figure out how to employ the freshmen and fill those spots. And you know, I think St. Paul has had a lot of success breaking down teams with individual stars in the past. Uh, for example, Duluth, most famously. So I you know I'll I'll give Coach Blue a nod here. I, I think St. Paul can win the group, but you may very well be right that they'll both advance to the playoffs, and it won't really matter who won the group. But we shall see. Uh, okay, thanks a lot, Coach. Appreciate it, and good luck to all four teams.